Performance on Demand Podcast number 31. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Performance on Demand podcast with Craig and Jeremy, where you will learn all things endurance sports from training and nutrition to mental strength. Everything you need and want to know in one place. Welcome everyone to the Performance on Demand podcast. I am your host, Craig Willard, along with Jeremy Brown. Hey, Jeremy. We gotta find the audio track of that. I think we really, yeah, we do that quite a bit. What's going on, man? I'm good, brother. How are you? Good. Hey, we got a cool guest on the show today. We had a, we've got a listener that uh, wanted to come on and had he had some questions, so we thought maybe we just go ahead and bring him on, bring those questions with him. Uh, Maybe you, as a listener, have some uh, some thoughts that are similar, and hopefully, by the time you leave or quit listening to this podcast. It'll be full of information. So I guess before we go too far, too too much further, I can even talk. Um, let me introduce you to Eddie Vega. Hello. Hey, woo! We have twelve listeners yeah, now. The studio audience loves him. Uh, what's up, Eddie? What's going on, fellas? Hey, I'm glad to uh, to be talking to you guys. Yeah. Same here. So uh, for those that are listening, tell us a little bit about you. I'm a, uh, a New York City fireman. I fell in love with the sport of triathlon a few years ago on the insistence, in the assist, insistence of one of the, the guys in the firehouse. And um, I guess over the years, I, I realized that um, being a lazy trainer, um, somebody who really doesn't go the full distance when I'm by myself, I needed that push. So I reached out to a couple of guys who, uh, who I, I met at races, who I found out were also firefighters and EMTs and... Um, you know, little by little, we created the FDNY triathlon team, oh. the New York City Fire Department. That's really cool. That, that how, is awesome. How many people do you have in that? Well, technically, um, we have 130-some-odd members that have um, wow. told us – Yeah, they, uh, about these many have told us that they're interested in, okay. in, the, uh, in the sport. Um, active, I'd say maybe we have about 40 or 50 wow. that are active and participating. That's really big. Good. Now, is that yeah. supported by – uh, the the, uh, the, um, the fire department, or is that something that's completely off to the side? It's accepted by the, the fire department. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, we do it on our own time. Okay. We, uh, we use our own uh, resources. We okay. reach out to, um, to sponsors and, uh, and, of course, anybody who's looking to help out, give us time in the pool or in the gym or, um, or like a cycle comp okay. trainer class. Okay. And uh, and so we are we are allowed to use the uh, the letters FDNY on our uniform to represent nice. the fire department. Very of cool. course, obviously we do it in the best possible manner, but um, you know it's a pretty big deal to to be representing the FDNY in, in these events. Sure. Well, we- well, and and you know you think <clears throat> when you say that you th- when you especially nowadays more so maybe than in in twenty years ago, but you know when you think of. Um, the service in, in the, you know, in firefighting and in EMT, that's the first thing that you think of just based on some unfortunate, you know, tragic events we had. And so to be able to represent that in a hobby you like is incredible. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah. that is, I'm sitting here thinking about how the hell I can order a, a cycling jersey or something. Cause to me, that's really cool. Uh, I have, 
my little brother is actually a, a firefighter. He's been on for uh, probably two or three years now. And so I've learned so much more about that. And also uh, Fireman Rob is actually a friend of the show, very good friend with one of our athletes. We're going to have him on soon. So you know, what you guys do, I, I come from military service, but what you guys do uh, to me is essentially a service directly to this country uh, that, that protects everybody on the home front. So to be able to, to represent that, you know, that th- those letters especially, but what it means is, is huge. Yeah. And we appreciate that. We, we definitely well, do. We appreciate you guys. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, Eddie, you know, we, we chatted a little bit before we got on here, and you have, I'll call it a hectic lifestyle based on, you know, your, the industry you work in. Uh, and yeah. you also have fallen in love with the sport triathlon, which is a hectic sport. It takes a lot of organization, a lot of planning to truly be successful at it. But obviously, you've found a way to do that. You found a way, you know, whether it's easy or not to fit it into uh, your current lifestyle, your job, your family, your home, all that stuff. And so with that being said, you know, obviously everybody has things to overcome when they try to incorporate this hobby into their lives. Uh, this is a very demanding hobby, as, as I said a minute ago. And so what, what have you done? Let's just say name. How, well, first off, how many years have you been in the sport of triathlon? Uh, going on five years, I think. Okay. okay. So you've, you've got enough time to have. Right. It all just and you, melts you've, together. You've got, yeah. <laughs> hey, you all stop it right now. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, you, you have enough time to be considered experienced in the sport and have enough uh, experience in the sport to be, you know, considered, uh, you know, a, a reputable opinion. So what's what's name one thing, because you do have a very busy lifestyle. And so I know we're going to answer some of your questions, but I want you to answer this question. What is the one key thing for you to making the sport and your life work together seamlessly as you, like you do. Is there, is there one key thing that you do that you're like it without X, I could not do both. Time management. Okay. I guess. Okay. Yeah, it's hard. It's good. Yeah. What's your schedule? And there, our schedule is, uh, it's fairly set. We work days and then we work nights. So back to back days, back to back nights. And if the, um, if it's possible, we'll work 24 hours straight. And then we'll, we'll have a, a little bit of time off. But um, a lot of people, they, they mistake the fact that we're firefighters and we get 17 days off in a row. People say, oh, yeah, you're a fireman. You get, you get half a month off and you only work 24 hours. It's, it's a lot tougher than that. You know, after a long 24-hour tours, you know, the, the six hours or 15 hours you have off may not be enough to recover. Sure. So well, and, and one thing I do know. Right, right. Oh, I was going to say, no. are these, these some eight-hour shifts? So do you have a day shift? Is that an eight-hour shift? Well, the day shift is nine. Nine hours, And then okay. the night tour is 15. Okay, so that covers the rest, basically. Yeah. Okay. All right, go ahead, Jeremy. Well, and, and, and I was just going to say, it's funny, because I know through my brother, you know, there are nights to where, you know, he'll go out and cut grass the next day, and he works, I think it's like, you know, one on, two off, or whatever that, that typical schedule is. And, and some nights he'll sleep until 7 a.m. Like he'll sleep all night long uninterrupted, but most nights they get some kind of stupid call in the middle of the night, you know, they got to go out. And, and so you don't really truly get, um, uh, full, fully rested and recovered. So if you did a hard set the day before your body's not going to heal, like say mine would, who gets a full, you know, eight, nine hour sleep. And so for you, recovery is re- recovery and planning, I think are paramount to your, to your success in the sport. Would you agree? Absolutely. But I'll be honest, we don't actually sleep, you know, we rest and, uh, Right, you know, as, as evidenced by the, um, the activity monitors that you wear, okay. if you if you actually look at it, it'll it'll show that you never actually deep sleeping. You always you have to be it. on a level of readiness, you know, because right. when those tones go off, 
Gotta go. You're not gonna be groggy sagging your feet. You have to slide the pole and, and go. What's your av- right. what's your average work time on a shift? Well, well, I know you have two, so you gotta not is it pretty consistent or is it uh, hit or you miss. You know what? The, the, the world of emergencies has no schedule. Sure. So. <laughs> well played. Well, well played. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know if there was some uh, some number we can work with on some level to say, you know, I've got an hour or two or um, five seconds. Honestly, it just I could tell you. I could tell you. Five years ago, it was um, you know Tuesdays were were an easier night, you know, and then you go come to work and some night you're just nonstop running Tuesdays. Yeah. So, you know, Tuesday night you'd think would be easy, but. Well, so, and, you know. and it was funny. One thing that you said is that 98% of your job, uh, you said, what, 98% of your job was uh, not not doing shit. I forget exactly. I'm going to look it up on the email real quick. But you had said uh, it's 98% of the job can be bullshit and 2% is oh shit. And Correct. when you said that, I really thought about that. And I think back to my military time, and it's, it's actually very similar it's like 98% of the time you're sitting around with your thumb in your ass. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, we got to go right now. We got to go do this, you know, whatever. And so that, when it comes to trying to meld that into your time management that you have to be so good at in the sport creates, I would say a huge clusterfuck if I had to just guess, you know, it makes it, oh, no. it makes it tough. And then, and then you spend the next, you know, Oh, Craig, don't do that. <laughs> Here, we got to tell everybody we we're actually uh, three-way Skyping. And so uh, Craig decided to put his big old forehead right up on the screen and it threw me off. So It's a nice forehead. Um, <laughs> it's a nice forehead. <laughs> hey. Uh, All right. Easy, boys. Easy. No. Um, so um, with that being said, what's what's one question that you might have off the top that we could, we could start to kind of work on and pick apart for you? Well, on a previous podcast, uh, I remember you guys mentioned that the night before a race is uh, you're probably not going to get any sleep, and and it's it's probably okay that you're not going to get any sleep. However, the week leading up to that race is is your big time to recover. That's when you taper and you recover. Now, we don't regularly have weekends off, so maybe to get a weekend off, I'll have to work Wednesday night and Thursday night back to back. So that whole week of recovery that's out for us, right? You know, there's no way for, unless I'm on, um, you know, some time off, there's no way for me to get that solid week of taper and recovery where I can really sleep tonight, eat nice, healthy meals because we don't eat healthy in the firehouse, to be honest. But, uh, excuse me. Um, so how do I, how, I mean, there's no really way to, to, to overcome that, but how do I work with that, that during that week, I'm not going to be able to really get that rest and recovery. So I'll speak real quick from a coaching standpoint. If you look at it, the key to that week is to reduce the cumulative fatigue. And so when you come into a taper, let's say, let's say it's an Olympic distance race. And with your, with your lifestyle or your, your industry, there's always going to be some form of fatigue, whether it's physical from climbing stairs, carrying all the shit you got to carry to mental from just not really fully getting a good sleep. Um, and so from a coaching aspect, we're just trying, and and I'll address this as if I were coaching you. Maybe that'll help better instead of being general. Is well, that's good? Because I'm too cheap for a coach. So. <laughs> is uh, uh, well, we started at 25 cents a minute starting right now. So uh, no, <laughs> see you guys later. <laughs> Click. Um, and so I would I would tell you to really when you sit down and pick a race, let's just pretend it's going to be a half distance because I saw you you had done one or two, and um, you know, generally I taper. Athletes all vary. Most athletes I find do really well with like a 10 day ish taper, um, for the half distance. Well, for you, I would actually probably extend that a little bit, but 
add in a, so so instead of doing like a normal athletes where you give them a day off and then have them do a late evening set the next night to maximize that recovery time i would add in just some shorter easier stuff just to keep the body active but extend your taper a little bit so that instead of instead of using those 10 days to get fully rested we may be using 14 days to get fully rested because for you it's just it's just about clearing that cumulative fatigue does that make sense yeah, but that that also worries me that that long taper, I'm not training during that time. And that's, so my, and that's normal. And that is correct. And, a, and the, the thing is, though, is that's that's the key. And that's where it comes in experience or a coach comes in and says, OK, here's what you need to do to make sure you maintain X level of fitness between now and then. You can taper for three weeks. It's just a matter of what you do to keep the motor idling between them, because once you get into that last 10 days out to 14 days, you're really not going to add any fitness that we can look at and say, oh, man, that set eight days ago really pushed me over the edge in this race and got me through. It's just not going to happen. It's, it's an investment sport. What we're looking yeah. at is what you've done in the past six weeks. That's what's going to make the biggest difference. And so it's about being safe that last two weeks, getting the body healthy, but keeping the motor idling. Gotcha. Does that kind of help a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I like the muscle memory aspect <clears throat> of, you know, remember what it feels like to go into that race, but I can understand why you need that time off. Yeah. Well, it's, it's important, <clears throat> especially – you know, if you're talking about a 14 day or whatever it, it's required for your schedule, it's quality. So it's when you do get rest. Yes. How how disconnected are you becoming from you know the phone and the you know checking emails and you know whatever else it may be that's causing you not to be able to fall deeply or too into a deeper state of sleep. What is it from a quality perspective that you can change and adjust? To help you sleep better when you do sleep because I can't control nor can you control when you are able to go to sleep when you're working however you have the potential to you know if you're at the if you're at the house and uh, there's certain things you I mean you probably can't wear earplugs when you sleep be my guess no. I mean, they, they want you to hear at the same time it's probably while you're sleeping everyone else might be away farting yeah it's farting and laughing and cutting <laughs> up and everything else so if you if those are areas that you can't control, then we put those in the bucket of uncontrollables and get the best you can out of it. But when you leave, that you can control. When you go home, is it quiet? You know, are you able to put earphones or head or uh, earplugs in to quiet yourself? Are you able to, um, if it's during the day, are you able to put a dark sheet or something over your window to keep the light out so that you're able to go into a deeper sleep? Are you are you able to do things like that? that will help your sleep improve its quality because you can't always adjust the quantity. Yeah. Right. And also with that too, I know you said that, that you eat like shit at the firehouse and I, I can recall some similar days in the military like that. How do you balance that out? I think instead of worrying about what you can or can't take in when you're on shift, you worry about what you can or can't take in when you have that availability. And because it, like Craig said, the bucket of uncontrollables is, is your work. Like there's nothing – like you go to work, you don't know if you're going to get a hundred calls, ten calls, or one call that takes you six hours. And so you just kind of go in and say, "Okay, I got to do what I got to do with this." From that, what do you do? Well, when you come out of that into your control time management system, then you can control what foods you put back in when you get done with the workout to maximize recovery. Because we know you got to go back on shift in six hours. You're not going to get shit for recovery then. And what can you eat? And and what choices can you make in that controlled zone? that can benefit you the most knowing you do have a large chunk of your life that's uncontrollable. Right. Especially Does that kind of help? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, that, now it requires the application. So it requires changing your patterns and habits to provide you an opportunity to have more quality 
sleep time or rest time, just rest time, you know, not, you know, just being relaxed. Depending upon the level of quality that you allow, obviously is going to depend upon, it's going to give you the outcomes that you need. Now, you said earlier, you know, people worry about, and that's a very common thing, they worry about losing their 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 ability to perform in a in a small period of time when you've been training for months I don't, I don't know what your normal training uh length of time is for one of your events but you've been training for a long time you you don't just lose that in in a week you don't i mean right. you, you you don't and the hard thing is the mind wants to think i have to stay in motion to be able to keep that path i had to be able to keep doing that and that's not um it's it's not really true in that regard so allowing yourself to go, it's okay to be at a different level of, of processing when it comes to the effort that you're putting into it. It's on a lower level because you're trying to save that energy. You don't want to be killing it, you know, running race pace the week before so that when you get there, you're, you don't have anything left. On top of that, you're working in between. So, well, And also, too, to go with that is goal setting. I think that feeds right into it is, is, you know, what are your goals? Do you want to qualify for 7.3 world championships? Okay. Well, you know, you got to do X, Y, and Z to get there. Yeah. Or do you just want to go and race at this race, you know, with your, your fire department brothers and have fun, right. you know? And so depending on what your goals are, will also depend on how you approach that taper, how you approach your out of, out of, uh, uncontrolled box, you know, food intake and so on and so forth. Right. And that, and we talked about that in the double C, which was uh, a yeah. podcast number 29. We talked about, your mentality. It's really important. A lot of people don't think about their mindset. So they want to be competitive, but they only have the time or opportunity to be a completer. And it's just to get through the race. I can't put in the time because of, for example, in your situation, maybe you don't have the ability to put in such a level of work. And and what, you know, is there a, Jeremy, is there a, a, a time difference you think for someone that's, I mean, to be able to be competitive versus completing, you're talking 10, 15 hours a week versus 20, 25 hours a week. Yeah, I wouldn't go that high. I mean, uh, are you a uh, half iron guy? Is that kind of your bread and butter, Eddie? Is that what you like? Uh, I did my my first last year, so I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to trying okay. more. Okay. Year. So you liked it though? Oh, I did. Loved it. Okay. Good. Good. What did, What did you go in your first half, time wise? Oh, you don't even want to know. Oh, that's actually segue into the next the next seven seven thirty seven thirty. No, the fa- the half. Yeah. I don't know. No, it was probably like Eddie, Eddie's like, I was on the damn bike for seven and a half hours. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was in the swim for seven hours. <laughs> I did I did okay in the swim and the bike. I sang throughout the I, I'm more of a gabber, so I gabbed I, and I talk to people and I don't take it too serious. Yeah. I find somebody, I talk to them for a quarter mile and all right, I'll see you later and then go to the next later, one. Hey, so you you like to complete. You you're not in the competitive state of mind to be able to go out there and I don't, you know, I know myself and I know I'm not going to and I don't have the time. I don't sure. have the twenty, twenty five okay. hours a week. So the, for me, I just really want to enjoy the the event, and that's the best thing you could do. Even yeah. and I and I will say this when when I deal with pros, it's the same thing. You know, they oftentimes get so bent up in making it a job, or you know, I got to meet these certain times that it actually it, it gives them oh, a reverse boy. response, and they actually don't do very well at all. Instead, if they just love the sport and they train because they love it, and they train because they want to continue to push their bodies further and further and further. The outcomes, as Jeremy talked about earlier, the outcomes of goal setting is it, it, it becomes an automation. It, it becomes automatic. It's just you, you get in it what you put out in it. But when it comes to time, you can't always control those things. There's plenty of things that will happen in, in a swim, a bike, you know, through the whole process. 
that you can't control that will affect your time. So, you know, I think you have the per- the, the perfect mindset really for that. I was, I was going to say, it sounds like he's a- actually of all the people we've talked to, he's, he's really dialed into what what is logical and what makes sense and what is possible. You know, yeah. he's not coming to us saying, okay, I want to qualify for seven point three world champs in my next race, and I can train six hours a week. Yep, no. <laughs> I would laugh. Like it's like no. Yeah. And so, so you do have the right mindset, um, and and it seems like you're definitely approaching it. So I hope a few of those tips helps you with that one. Um, well, I'm just I'm just hoping for the day that I'll have four guys in my age group. Maybe I can podium. <laughs> you know. Hey, that uh, that comes with race selection. Let me tell you right now, yeah. <laughs> you can find races like that. that that's that's a that's a uh, that is a skill set. Race selection is a skill set based on the athlete. So I'm going with that medal. I'll tell you what. <laughs> So All right. uh, what uh, I'm trying to think of, of one of the questions, I had to pull up the email real quick. Or if you have any others that you've thought about well, since then. Well, since, since, you, since you asked me about that 70.3 last year. So here's the deal. I drank, um, I swam. Then I, on the bike, I drank three bottles, right? And it, there was a lot of cl- um, cover. So I wasn't sweating a lot. It was up in the mountains in Poconos. It was the, um, the Rev 3 Poconos at the time. Uh-huh. It was yeah. Challenge. I don't know what they're doing now. But um, it, was, it was a nice race, and, and the bike was, was fairly shady, so I didn't sweat a lot. I was thirsty, so I drank three bottles. And then when I got to the run, all that water was sloshing, right? And it was painful. So I did the first mile, and I did okay. And then my pace just suffered, and, and, it, and it got to be a point where it was painful. So I ran, walked, 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 and then walked some more. And, uh, and so my, my half really, really suffered. Um, so my, my question was... Um, is so I, I've seen some of the uh, one of our, our team sponsors is Infinite Nutrition and um, oh yeah I know that they have that that liquid based or powder based uh, nutrition now I think I, I'd be better off with eating bars but is something like that okay if I'm not sweating if I'm not if I'm not voiding and I'm drinking all this fluid what's going to happen to me you know I don't want so, that to happen right 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 let's so let's let's back up when you say drinking fluid it was all water in those three bottles. Um, I think it was water, Gatorade, water. Okay. Uh, so a couple of thoughts, um, without knowing the entire picture, uh, I've, I have personal experience with infinite. I like it. And the thing is you have to figure out one is what your body likes. So infinite may be great. Um, I found that my body, my personal athletic body does not like solids as much. I prefer the liquids, but I still early on in the bike rides on the long course stuff, I'll try to, you know, get some solids in, but you have to find out first what works for you. Oh, perfect. Love the glasses, dude. So you have <laughs> I to, just uh, find out what you look like. He's like, I gotta now. go. I gotta go. <laughs> Wait a minute, I thought you guys, I thought you were hot chicks. Ah, shit. Now, um, so, uh, um, you got to figure out what your body likes first and foremost. So it's much like when it comes to selecting a bike, when it comes to selecting nutrition, a lot of people will buy a bike because it's sexy, because it looks good, because it's a great brand, whatever marketing is spot on for it. Well, same thing with nutrition. They'll buy nutrition because it promises to be, you know, one to four protein to carb ratio, whatever it ends up being. So um, you want to look at it and say, okay, what works for me? So when, you, when you're looking to buy a bike, you don't buy a bike because it looks good. You buy a bike because the geometry fits you. Right. Same thing with nutrition. You purchase nutrition and get into it uh, because, of, because it works for you. So with that being said, I would tell you to try, try infinite, try, you know, different things. But I would only, I would say that, you know, if you like that, that's good. Having a powder based 
liquid is not going to necessarily reduce the sloshing. That's that's a little bit different. Um, it sounds to me like you were actually overprepared nutritionally, or as far well, you're overprepared hydration wise, and you took it all in as you should, which is the reverse problem of ninety seven percent of athletes. I just said ninety seven because ninety nine. You can't believe somebody says ninety nine percent, but a lot of people don't take in enough. So with that being said, if you were telling me it's just water, Gatorade, water in those three bottles, you're looking at going to assume 60 to 70 ounces, um, which, which is okay. But again, if you're not, like you said, if you're not expending all of it, cause you're not really sweating. Now your body uses some in its, in its metabolic processes, but if you're not using it all, it is going to stick around in your gut. Now, what did you do nutritionally as far as bars, uh, goos, anything like that for the race? I think I had a, um, on the bike, I think I had a, a gel and, uh, and possibly a bar or something like that. But um, I, I would I didn't overnutritionate. I like that word. You like that overnutritionate? We make words all the time. We make words. That needs to go in the show notes right there. <laughs> overnutritionate. So I didn't I didn't overnutritionate. Um, in in my in my opinion, um, I felt comfortable on the bike. Um, I felt you know I felt fed. I felt um, watered. You know I, I was like a, a fresh flower. You know, right, but right. um, I just it, when I got when I got to the run, I just. You know, and I considered um, manually voiding, but right. uh, I, you know, I, I don't like the idea of that, you know, so right. I suffered. So I would, I would actually challenge you to take a step back then and look at, based on what you told me, you took in roughly 300 calories on the bike. Let's pretend you went three hours. That's 100 calories per hour. Now, knowing that, I'll tell you right now, that's not near enough calories to be able to get off that bike and run. Um, now does that have anything to do with your sloshing? I'm going to say, I doubt it. I'm not a dietitian, so I can't give you any professional advice, but my personal experience, that's not going to have anything to do with it. But I would say that, um, if I were, if I were you or your coach or whatever, and I was guiding you going forward, I would tell I you, you to, <laughs> 25 cents an hour. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm it's cheap, cheap and easy. Um, uh, and so you step back and you say, okay, what does this athlete do from this point forward? Well, they take in. Um, I, I would say try the mixes that will reduce the amount of solid calories you need to carry. You should be able to carry two anywhere from depending on how you mix it and, and how you like it, two to 400 calories per bottle of the infinite is about what you could get on the bike. So if your target number is, let's say 300 calories per hour, which you would find this out through, uh, different testing, different workouts and things along the way, but you kind of get a ballpark of where you need to be based on some, some, uh, metrics that you can find online. Um, I would say to try the infinite that would reduce the amount of crap you have to carry, but I would encourage you, <laughs> Craig, what the hell are you doing? Uh, I see we're, we're falling. Uh, camera's falling. Uh, this camera. Um, I would, I would encourage you to experiment. I mean, that's the biggest <laughs> thing when you go on, when you go on long rides and stuff, just use only infinite the entire time and take right. in, you know, if you're going to go on a three hour ride, try to take in 800 to a thousand calories and then run off of it. So it doesn't really answer your question because it's very specific, but it's something to where, uh, you know, as, as your coach or as a coach, I would recommend you just to experiment with it. The sloshing, I think, is just because you had so much of it and the body just didn't absorb it. Yeah. And when the body doesn't absorb it, it has nowhere to go. You know, it can come out one of two ends or it can come out of your pores. And that's, that's pretty much it. So the, the absorption was low. Uh, there are – one thing I will say about the mixes is they – the way they're made, they're typically designed to be absorbed a little bit better than, like, for instance, Gatorade. Now, Gatorade's available on all the Ironman courses, yada, yada, yada. 
Gatorade is shit. I'll be the first to tell you it's just it's too sugary, so on and so forth. So if you try the mixes, your body can actually absorb it much better because it comes with a bunch of different things that your body's looking for. So that's a long way to say I don't have a fucking clue why you had all the sloshing other than you took in a ton of fluid, which you knew. <laughs> but I would look at I would definitely look at increasing your your caloric intake on the bike and look at what the what look at what the calories are made of too. You know, you want to make sure that it's it's um uh it's it's you want to make sure that it has parts in it that the body absorbs very quickly. And I can send you over a form that I have that kind of gives an overview of nutritional stuff. Right. Kind of kind of of um you know, what, what a good baseline of, okay, this has this type of stuff and it absorbs really fast. This, this doesn't absorb worth a shit, so on and so forth. How do you feel about fried chicken in the special needs bag? So good, really good friend of mine. And I think you asked that joke in jest, but a really good friend of mine, Chris McDonald won his very first Ironman, Ironman Louisville. And he ate fried chicken the night before. So it's a ritual. The night before the race, he eats his fried chicken. His theory is it's got a lot of, a lot of fat in it. Mm-hmm. And the long course stuff, your body craves that fat. If you've trained the aerobic, aerobic engine properly, it will feed off the fat first. So that being said, I may or may not have had honey buns in my special needs bag at <laughs> Ironman uh, Louisville. That's a true story. Um, Red Bull is always a good one. Uh, pizza. People put slices of pizza in there. So, oh. dude, got to do what you got to do to survive, right? Yeah. Well, so, since, we're on the, since we're on the subject of nutrition – um, I had a, a specific question for uh, the EMS brothers in the, on the team. Now, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with EMS, especially in New York City. They're not stationed in, um, in a firehouse or in an EMS station. They have to go out and sit on the street corner until they're called, you know, rush to the incident, go to the hospital, go back to their street corner. And for eight hours, sometimes 16, that's what they do. They sit there and they go. So eating healthy is kind of... Not difficult possible. to say the least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, being in New York or rather Manhattan, down, Midtown, maybe you can get a salad somewhere or even bring your own food, but you really have no place to heat it up if you wanted, let's say, salmon. You know, so what kinds of things can they, can our EMS brothers do, um, for like to pack food that that can be readily available? What, um, you know. Any advice for, for people who live like that, who, who work like that, where they don't have access to, uh, to microwaves or fresh food? Yeah, great, great question. That's something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, you know, I've coached a couple athletes that they basically live on the road. You know, they go to work for five days and they're on the road. And so it's like, do I eat this McDonald's or do I stop at this gas station? Like, what do I do? So th- there's a couple of options. One is obviously meal prep. It's a pain in the ass to do, but you sit down every Sunday or whenever and you pack out little Tupperware bowls and it can be, you know, whatever. The main thing you want to make sure that you're doing, I guess if I had to blanket statement, all of it is make sure that the food you're putting in is quality. Um, the food that you're putting in is going to, and I'm assuming these are all triathletes. When you say EMS brothers, they're on the, the team with you. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe some of them are budding triathletes or okay. marathoners or people that just, you know, are, are listening to this and do live like that. Okay. Yeah. Great question. So, um, I, I would say, I, I personally, uh, as a coach and athlete, I don't harp on my athletes or on myself. I don't like the word diet. I think the word diet is a horrible word. I believe that you have to change habits. And Craig and I have discussed this before. Yeah. We all know it takes six to eight weeks to change a habit, right? So um, I always encourage people just to replace one thing at a time. So for each of them, if they are just starting out, okay, you know what? Every Monday, I'm going to take my food because Monday typically is the first, let's just say it's the first day of my work week. You know, 
I can actually prepare and not have stayed up all night long and only get two hours sleep and then have to go back to work. So I would tell them, pick a, one day of the week. That is my day to make my nutritional change. And they can go out there and they can, they can pack a salad. You know, you got a defroster. I know it's cold as shit up there right now, right? You, you can <laughs> heat food up on the defroster, right? So there's opportunity with that. Um, I would tell them to look for things that, um, obviously fruits and vegetables, you know, you could buy carrots and celery and just snack on that with some peanut butter. Apples and peanut butter is a great snack. It's a healthy snack. You're getting in the, the, the nutrients that the body needs without it being all this processed sugar crap, which is very easy to get at a gas station. Yep. You know, when you go to a gas station, I'm worst about it. I'm traveling on the road for the next two weeks, putting on some camps and it's like, Okay, I'll stop here, and next thing you know, I'll walk out, and I've just got a handful of shit, right? And and even I struggle with it. So it's just it's about planning and preparation. Nuts, um, not these nuts. Those are not good for the road. But <laughs> but uh, can can you mark that one in there as these nuts and put it in the show notes, please? Um, these nuts reference. So um, uh, nuts are very good. Almonds, really, really, really good for an endurance athlete. So a couple handfuls of almonds here and there. Now, then you get to the bigger meals. What do you do? Well, that's where you're one day a week you make your meal prep. You know, it can be it can be just some spinach in a bowl, some carrots. It can be a steak from the night before that you ate, you know, cut up a couple chunks of it. You can set it in the sun, set it on your defroster. But I would encourage them to start with baby steps. You know, that's what we always say. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? They can't go there and say, okay, this week I'm changing my habits. All, you know, all seven shifts that I have, I'm going to eat good. Bullshit. Not going to last. Not going to happen. Yeah, won't Not going to happen. Go out there and say, okay, for the next four weeks, I'm going to do one day a week that I'm going to make the right meal decisions. Yeah. That's it. I like that. Yeah. Then after four weeks, say, okay, guess what? I nailed those four. That really wasn't that hard. Yeah. All right, I'll do two days. Well, next thing you know, and, and the thing is too, uh, Eddie is, again, I don't get so wrapped up in it. If I go out and I've been trying to eat well and I, I, have, a, I have a weak moment, I go out and I drink too much beer and I eat too, min- too much you know, chips and queso. No big deal. Guess what? I didn't derail anything. I didn't ruin anything. I just step back and I start the process over again. I don't. Now what happens when I do that every night? Then you should at least dip <laughs> celery in your queso, uh, or, or, right. or start drinking Bloody Marys, where they have the the olives and the celery. See, <laughs> and, and there's always workarounds. You just gotta, you gotta be creative, creative. And if you're Fuck gonna race a hot table, race, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you're going to race a hot race, you need to drink a lot of margaritas because they've got salt on the rim. I mean, that's right. Tell you, there's fixes to all this. You just got to be creative. <laughs> you just got to know where to go. I like yeah, right. exactly. Right. So does that help you though? Just kind of break it down. And that's with anything. That's with them. Try- Let's say you've got a guy and he comes to you and says, Eddie, you know, you're kind of one of our leaders, man. I want to get into this. I just don't have time. I don't know how to do it. What do I do? One day a week. I want you to go out and I want you to walk for 30 minutes. Done. Cool. And then the next week, walk for 60 minutes. The next week, all right, walk two days for 30 minutes. And then you yep. create this habit. Well, once it becomes a habit and they can feed into it, whereas a lot of athletes will start and say, oh, shit, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing, for instance, myself. Luckily, I have a coach, but it's like I'm doing Ironman Texas next year. Woo, I'm back to training. I didn't race at all this week or this year. I just trained a little bit. You know, I, I've trained quite a bit, but worked on the business, so on and so forth. And now I'm like, all right, shit, yeah, I'm doing Ironman Texas. And I just want to go out and train every day and just beat my brains in. And even my coach is like, whoa, dude, we got like six months, like chill. So it's one day at a time. And that's how, that's what you would encourage them to do. Same thing with the, the food stuff. One, one opportunity at a time. You take advantage of that opportunity, look for the next one, so yeah. on and so forth. And you'll find too that with your diet and with 
the beginning of training, you begin to feel better. And then you'll start to want that, that feeling more and more because when you get that junk food out of your system and you energy help, your energy level automatically goes through the roof, you sleep better, you feel better. And then when your guys that, that don't really like to get out and do anything, they go out for a walk and next thing you know, they, they, then you think they could maybe run a mile and a half or two miles. Next thing you know, they're running four or five miles a couple months later and they, it, it hit them so quickly because you and I, we all know time goes so fast, oh, you shit. know, one day turns into, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. I'll do it next week. And next thing you know, next week turns into next month, turns into six months, turns into 25 more pounds in a year later. So and Jeremy's got white in his beard. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Get a little bit. We got to get a forehead. His beard is, is not quite fulfilled yet, but you know, maybe uh, when he gets older. Uh, you know, I'll let it grow I out. I've been, I've been growing it for two years as of this month. And, and uh, I guess it was probably a year and a half ago. I had just grown it. I was just told uh, my girlfriend at the time told me, I, grow your beard out. It's like, oh, cool. Okay. You know, why not? So I just grow it out. We've got pictures. It's just like everywhere. Right. And, and we even look back now and she's like, how the hell did I let you grow your beard that long? So now I, I keep it, <laughs> I keep it nice and trim now. And so, um, you know, gotta, gotta keep it restricted, but yeah, there is a little white in it, but like he was saying, it's created habits are created one step at a time, yes. one yep. opportunity attained and taken advantage of each day. You can't, you can't change habits by changing everything. It's that moderation. Your yep. story. Your story. Yep. Great question, Eddie. Really good question. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks. Great answer. <laughs> so what? <laughs> Eddie, thank you. <laughs> see, see, see. So what else? What else? Uh, what else do you have on your mind that you could use some clarification on? Um, you know, mental, the mental strength, the mental grit that it takes to sure. train, especially when you're working 24 hours in a row, and then you have off for a few hours, and you got to come back in for another 24. Um, something like that where you're beating your body up for 48 hours within that, that small time period. Yeah. You know, is it some like, do I want to go out and train? Is it like, cause that's going to be three whole days that I'm not working. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Right. So I brought a trainer into my firehouse and, and if I get the opportunity, I'll sit down in the gym, I'll, uh, I'll do a quick brick or something. Yeah. But you know, and even then it's like, how do I prepare myself? Because at any time they can call us. So that sure. hour workout that I thought I really wanted now it turned into a 20-minute workout, and I got to run upstairs and go to this emergency, my bike shorts, with my pants on top of it, and it's really uncomfortable. Like that. But, sure. <laughs> so but, I'll speak real quick to that. I'll say one thing. Craig and I did a, a podcast a while back on, on what's your why, and yes. I, think, I think that that one is a great one for people to reference in your situation, that it's like, all right, I was up all night long, and so to put it in, in different terms of, of – more people with a, bit, a set schedule. I was up all night long with this, you know, this newborn baby. Didn't sleep where the crap. Kids are sick. Dogs barking. Whatever. I didn't sleep well. Why the hell am I going to get up when I just fell asleep at four? Why am I going to get up at four forty-five and do this workout? Well, some days it's hard. Some days you do it because of the accountability factor. You know, you've got your friend meeting you here to run or to swim. Or some days you do it because, and I've done this in the past couple of weeks since I started getting back into it. I'll wake up and I'm like, screw that. I'm sleeping in until six thirty. Oh shit, Derek's gonna get on there and look and see my workout today. And I know for a fact that I know for a fact that once I get into my workday, I I struggle to pull away from it to do that. Yep. And so so for me, what I encourage athletes to do is whatever time you get, because for you it's it's definitely an unknown, make sure it's quality. Make sure that if it's 20 minutes, that 20 minutes is going to make a deposit into your bigger picture out here at your race. And so what you have to do is you have to look at what your goal race is and say, what do I want to do with this race? 
and you build back from there. That's how coaches do it. We start at the race and we build back to meet the athlete's current fitness level. And all athletes are different. So it's, it's like a puzzle, but you say, okay, this athlete has got 30 minutes a day that they said I can do something. Cause I would dare to say in your, in your shift time, you probably have a 30 minute segment in there somewhere. Never um, know, but you might. Right. And so, uh, and so you say, okay, if I get the opportunity today, I'm going to do 30 minutes zone two, because I'm trying to build my aerobic base for my race. Right. Cause I want to okay. do long course stuff. I need to redevelop my aerobic base. So just make sure whatever you do is quality, but then again, be okay with just being okay. So if you go in there and you're amped up, you're ready to go and you're, you got all kitted up and you look like the idiot in the firehouse in your spandex and there it goes, you got to slide down the pole. Do not slide down the pole in your spandex. That's a whole different line of work, but um, oh, trust me. <laughs> so that's, that's a different industry. We don't want you to venture into That's a, that's a rabbit hole. Right. Uh, and so, you know, say, fuck it. All right. I didn't get it. Yeah. I'm right. Again, right? I'm going to go out and do what I got to do, but be okay with being okay. If you miss that set, it's fine. Move on to the next, yep. find the next opportunity, just like eating, find that next opportunity. And don't hold that. You know, if you had a 30 minute window that you were planning to use and something happened at work and you couldn't use it, don't worry about trying to find that 30 minutes, you know, on top of another workout that's the next day or something like that. Just allow it to go and be gone. You've done what you can move forward and don't worry about it. And, he, and he's right. Also, I think, too, uh, another one that's really big in this is the 100 percent rule. You know, it, 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 let me say this first. We have a. Um, we have a governor, and I don't mean as in the state, but we have an internal governor that kind of tells us what we can and can't do, right? So we have, if something happens to you, some, say you get hit in the head, your mind may turn the governor on and go, shut down. I'm going to shut everything down. I'm going to make you, we're going to check all, you know, we're going to do this internal check, but we're going to be night-night because the body's afraid something else may happen, so it just shuts down. But we also have a mental governor. And that mental governor goes, oh, I just can't, I can't do, I, I can't, I can't do it. I just can't do it. But reality what it is, is trying to protect you as well. However, your, your, your mental governor is not the same governor that's saying, hey, I got to go night, night. I got to get knocked out here because I'm afraid something really bad is going to happen to me. And it's understanding the difference between that mental governor that's saying, hey, you're good. You don't, you don't need to do this. Hey, you've gone too far. Hey, you probably should slow down. All those self-talk thoughts that might come in your head say, you know, I'm really, really tired. I'm really tired. But if you go ahead and push yourself to get up and go do maybe a 20 or 30 minute effort and give it 100%, give it all you have. Maybe it's a light training day. Maybe it's just, hey, I just want to ride, you know, I'm going to put on here, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm going to go to a certain heart rate, whatever it is that you decide that you're going to do for that, that exercise for that training session and just do just what you tell yourself you're going to do. Don't give yourself 85% effort. If you begin to give yourself 85% effort, you start to create a habit of not giving everything that you have. So if you're limited in your time, make sure you're giving that time everything that you have. That will allow you to be more efficient and effective with what limited time you have versus, I'll just pedal through you know, 25 or 30 minutes because you're starting to build habits. And if your habit is, mm, yeah, I'll just... Uh, I'll just get through it. If your mindset is that, we're going to go back to why are you doing this? Because here's the thing. If you have a purpose, you know, there's all these words, purpose, drive, passion, motivation. But the reality of all those things do not matter unless you have a purpose and a goal. When you have a purpose, you have a goal. And when you have a goal, you know, we talk about passion. 
and this is what I'm very, I, I talk a lot about is passion to He's people. Very passionate oh, about passion. passion. People think people that you can like grab passion, like it's something to get. And it's really not. Passion is the speed. Passion is, hey, I have a purpose in life and I want to, I want to help save, you know, um, children from being homeless. But I do it so, I, I do it till two in the morning, every morning I go as fast as I can. I want to get as much information as I can. I want to help as many people as I can. So go, 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 go. That's passion. Passion is the speed at which you work. Right. So when you have a purpose and you want to push your body, push your limits, develop or break the belief structure that says that you couldn't do something, when you're passionate about it, you will go out there regardless and you're going, no, 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 I'm doing this because I've woken up at like two in the morning. <laughs> I've woken up at like two in the morning and um, got up and started doing work because I just, I, I loved it so much and I couldn't fall asleep. So doing, you know, when you don't have that much time, put everything that you have into it. And if you can't, ask yourself why you're doing it in the first place. Make it, make it quality. Yeah, quality. Like quality over quantity all day long, every day. Absolutely. And, and you know, there are times, uh, even athletes with a normal schedule, I, I look I look for 85 to 90% completion rate for my athletes each week in training peaks. I can take a quick look on there and I can tell based on their color, their color coding, who's hitting and who's missing. If they're missing, I want to say, okay, what's up? Is everything good? Because sometimes an athlete will have a problem or they're sick and they won't tell you. So as a coach, we kind of got to read between the lines and figure it out. But Generally, I try to make sure athletes are hitting 85 90% because the key to this sport is not how much work you can put in in a short amount of time. It is consistency over the duration. And what that means is, you know, with a lot of athletes that struggle and they have limited time or sometimes limited motivation this time of year because they've just come off their biggest race and it's going to the off season and you got all this other stuff going on, it's hard to really get amped up for Ironman Texas in six months, right? Oh, shit, I got 26 weeks. I'm not worried about it, right? But I've got lofty goals. So what I do for athletes this time of year is I say, okay, if you can give me 30 minutes a day, that's all I need yep. for now. We'll work on your base. So we're going to start a run streak. You're going to run one mile every day for five straight days. And then the next week, one mile, and then we'll bump it up to a mile and a half, so on and so forth. Next thing you know, by the time they get to their goal race, once they kind of get out of that funk and they reestablish that habit and they find a way, because at the end of the day, all that does is gives them the tool to beat down the excuse monster, right? So if we get the opportunity and our mind isn't in the right place and we don't have something, because there are times to where we can look at our why and say, okay, I know my why, but not today. Well, that's where the accountability of a training partner, a coach, a friend, somebody like that comes in. But then if we have the tools in our, in our, our tool bag to say, hey, I'm doing this for a reason X, Y, and Z, then we want to go out there and do it. Well, if you create that, that habit, that, okay, every minute, Every day, 30 minutes. I don't care if you do core. I don't care if you put on your oxygen tank and do fucking squats in the firehouse. Do yeah, something yeah. Do something that is going to benefit the big picture. Sometimes right. you can't get on your bike. But you know what? When you come back for a call, you still got that 30, 40, 50 pounds with a gear on. Do, do a squat. Do some lunges. Do things like that that are going to be functional. They're going to benefit the bottom line. They may not be... Um, Directly correlating with your swim, bike, or run directly it may not be that, but it can be something that benefits you. And at the end of the day, you say, oh, shit, I got it in today. Yeah, I didn't run. I didn't, I didn't get to do that hour bike I wanted, but I got in 60 squats. After every call, make yourself do 10 squats. What did you, what did you it, say? Oh, go ahead. I'm go just ahead. wondering, it, it, that would make the 
the fellows laugh pretty good. So yeah, it would benefit everybody when they take. Pictures. Yeah, and if you did it in your spandex with your oxygen tank on, forget yeah. about it. Yeah, put forget your about mask it. on. Dude, <laughs> well, game over. And as Jeremy says, there's never been a workout that you regretted after doing. So true. So true. It doesn't matter. It Here's, can be a core workout. It doesn't matter. You don't regret them when you're done with them. One, one of the biggest things that I notice about people is they'll tell themselves they're busy. I'm busy. And I ah, go, listen. I go, well, what are you doing? Uh, I, I mean, you know, the one thing people never seem to question is when you say, hey, or so, when I ask, hey, you want to go do something? Oh, I'm busy. They go, what, what, what are you doing? You know, that, that might be your wife or your girlfriend, <laughs> but that's not going to be your friend. They're going to be like, oh, okay, well. Whatever. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. But a lot of times you find yourself being busy. And instead of using, instead of finding a way to do something, you use it as an excuse to not do it. So maybe something that you could do, especially in the firehouse, if you have enough guys in your group or some way that you can put on web is have a friendly competition and post uh, that you shit. You beat me to it. You passed uh, it. You passed. Post it up uh, and yeah. say, you know, we're going to do this. And, and, and maybe everybody throws in some kind of fun thing or something that we get to do or whoever is the last three has to wear some funky whatever. I don't know. Some They have to go down the pole and they're <laughs> in, their, in their bike shorts. You know, but, but find something that drives you. And what you're going to do is, is when you have a few minutes, you're going to be like, hey, you're going to talk to yourself. You're going to be like, I could probably throw in about 15, 20 minutes on this bike real good. I can get and it in. I can get it in. I want to get it in because I want to be up on the top of that list and not on the bottom. And that's something you beat me to it because I was going to say with that strength thing, you said everybody would laugh, but create a challenge. Hey, obviously everybody likes money. Everybody put five bucks in the pot at the firehouse if you're on such and such shift or such and such cycle. And guess what? Whoever does the most squats in the month of December while on shift wins the pot. Yeah. All this, something fun. Well, yeah, all yeah. of a sudden you're putting in functional work. You've removed the excuses and you've added accountability. Shit doesn't get much better than that, Eddie. Yeah, right, I mean, right. that really is. I think that's a that's a good opportunity for you um, because sometimes as soon as you pull back in the firehouse, what happens? That damn bell goes off, and there you go again. You don't even get right. out of the out of the truck, and you got to roll out again. Then sometimes you get in, and you may have an hour and a half, two hours before anything comes up. You got to go out on. So it's about maximizing that time. And in in, in the world of yours, that's very much dynamic and fluid. You just got to find those, those little opportunities to say, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this. This is mine and roll with it. I like it. Definitely. definitely. Did that good. answer it? Yeah. What yeah. was the question? Yeah, right. And he's like, and he's like I'm, I'm done. I'm man. good. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Uh, you're, you're messing with my sleep time. I, I'm trying to go in here and get some sleep. Right. Right. He's like, man, these guys just attack me every question I ask. I got to quit asking questions. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Like, like, I, got it. I, like, I like the answers. And you know the funny, funny thing funny. is, Eddie, is the the questions you're asking are, are from a from a specific spot of kind of your lifestyle. But these are questions that I tell you I've answered a hundred times with athletes. Hey, I'm a nurse. I work twelve hour shifts, seven day, you know, seven on, seven off. Okay, great. Guess what? We're about to make you really fast. Yep, and right. and and it's just a matter of prioritizing it, putting it in there, and saying, okay, I know you can only do four hours a week when you're on shift. I get that. But when you're off shift, you're telling me you could do fifteen. Fucking hey, let's do it. You right. know, right. and so there are there are things for the time crunch athlete. You don't need 15 hours a week to be able to go fast at the half iron distance. You need eight to ten quality hours to be able to go fast the half iron distance. And that's and that's that's I think where a coach comes in or creative planning on your own to make sure you're getting in quality. You're not just kind of spinning mindlessly if that's the focus of the of the um, the cycle that you're in or the the, the phase that you're in. Yep. Well, from a quarter an hour, I can afford a coach. 
quarter an hour. I'm telling you, let's see uh, what does that end up being. That's uh, thirty days. That's that's like ten dollars a month. Holy shit! I make as much as a pro triathlete. It's not worth it. <laughs> let me, let me get <laughs> Keep my, your uh, money. I'm book. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, if y'all don't have a group on Facebook or something like that that you all can kind of bust each other's chops on, you know, oh, just dude. to has just to have fun. I mean, you know, you keep putting out out there things that you're doing or whatever, and somebody's like, man. No. Where'd Eddie go? His ass. Hey, hey, his ass. Been, a, his. He went. He went silent. <laughs> Eddie, how about a how about a Strava group for the fire fire department team? Do you guys have one? We have, yeah, we have. I think the Garmin, the Strava, but I'm not on Strava because you know I don't like being on the bottom. So you know, I'm Eddie, no, hey, I'm no Eddie, king of a mountain. With this song, get on Strava. <laughs> we started at the bottom. Now we're here. Yes. Oh, oh, look at you. Oh, stop. Oh, oh, oh. Um, but I guess that this is where we have shameless promotion at this point where I, I tell uh, everybody that we have a public Facebook page yeah, where anybody can yeah. come and give us our, their, um, their kudos and, and maybe we, our, our athletes can see that. In well, how, about, how about everybody that's listening, what's, the, what's the, uh, the URL of your Facebook page? Oh, I don't know. Facebook.com backslash uh, FDNYTRY. Okay. There you go. So everybody go there. Put a post on there until Eddie to get his ass on straw. <laughs> <laughs> also, yep, we have yep. you know we have the website too. Yeah, what is that? Tell us how to get hold of you. It's fdnytry.com. Okay, and, cool. and you're looking for sponsors as well. Yeah, we're always looking for sponsors. You okay. know, it is we have um, we have a small group of sponsors. One of which is a uh, a company called GovX. Okay, and uh, that's also a great thing for the listeners. Any of the uh, first responders, police, fire, EMS, uh, military, especially. Where they give discounts to uh, to deserving first responder members, which is really great. They're a great organization and um, very yeah, very that, helpful. GovX is a great operation. Yeah, govx.com. Okay, yeah, they okay. Uh, they're actually uh, the title sponsor of our Rangers Race Across America team that I'm the head coach for. So uh, very very familiar with them. They did a great uh, trailer for our fundraiser efforts. So uh, great great company. Glad mm-hmm. to see they're partnering with you guys. But on that note. Um, you know, we're just we're really just a bunch of a bunch of guys and girls who uh, who just love the sport, and uh, I think everybody who works for the New York City Fire Department is just so proud to be an FDNY member. And uh, and when you see us at races, for example, we're going to be at uh, the Boston Triathlon this year. Oh, cool. We'll be at uh, Chicago. Uh, we'll have some members at um, at Lake Placid. Yep. So a lot of, a lot of New York areas, you know, especially the New York City Triathlon, that's one of the biggest races that we uh, that we participate in. And uh, we all wear our gear, and we all wear a kit, and it's just—it's just amazing to see our athletes out there, you know, especially in New York City, representing the city that we're in. Right, right. It's, it's awesome. super cool. It's awesome. Well, if, if there's one thing I, I've learned is that, first off, New York people are very proud to be from New York. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> very vocal about it too. Yes, yes. And so, and then you take that group and you make them an even more smaller elite group of, you know, FDNY. It becomes a more prestigious thing, and they are extremely proud, as they should be, of sure. not only the history of of the organization, but the things that they do day in and day out that that honestly go without recognition. And and you guys don't seek recognition for that stuff. So any of the listeners, please go support this team. Uh, you know you. they've got a they've got a great opportunity, and they're essentially you would be you would be giving back and helping out people that help and give back and, and look out for your ass while you're sleeping. So he uh-huh. wants to be on that trainer at 30, yeah. you know, for 30 minutes in the middle of the night, but he's actually looking out yep. for your ass. They can't so. train because they're taking care of you. Absolutely. Yep. Well, you lazy bastards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else guys? 
wrap it I'm up. Just, it's a great, great time uh, with you guys. Thanks yeah. for being my free, uh, free psychiatrist and uh, well, and tra- we'll send coach. you a bill. Don't worry about that. We know. Oh no, you won't. <laughs> find me i'll be on my bike <laughs> well, we, we hey, there's motivation right there we, we better be finding you on strava here in the next <laughs> week or so i will be watching for your ass eddie i'm not even playing i'm gonna come try to join see if they'll let, see if they'll let me in then i'll make sure your ass gets on there um craig so you got uh you got a couple of questions we can't let him get off that easy all right we'll do it I know, hey also i don't know if you're if you're familiar with um i know from the the uh, bodybuilding world a lot of people use this the six pack bags it's like sixpackbags.com, but it's the ability to put in all your food. Like if you choose to, over time, evolve, you put them in, they're all sectioned out. And apparently from the people that I, I talk to, they love it. So if yeah. you if you have the need to find a way to get it to the fire station and whatnot, that may be an option for you. And when you say six-pack, that really got me excited. And then you said food, and that really got me excited. Then I realized that. Well, you like realize, what you realize is the food keeps your six-pack from ever being there. True story. Six-minute ads <laughs> <laughs> so um, um uh eddie we you know i we're gonna we're obviously gonna run through the gauntlet of the questions but we really enjoyed having you on here today we appreciate you sending in questions we've been begging people to do it just because it's it's craig and i can sit and talk for hours as you know but to get people that actually have real life functional issues and questions it makes it yeah. so much more fun and it makes it um it, it brings in a whole different perspective so we'd love to have you on today and um again we, we appreciate you your we appreciate your service, you know, to your community and to this country, without a doubt. So, All definitely right. appreciate it. Let's. Do right, I want to thank you guys for, for taking pictures of me while uh, while I'm wearing, <laughs> sitting in front of a fire in a Batman shirt and, and without my hair combed. So, thank you for that. Thank you. You're lucky we didn't get you with the glasses on. So we we let you put those up before we uh, <laughs> before we snap the picture. So that right. perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know where this is gonna go. Ah <laughs> oh, shit. You know, things oh, can go yeah. really bad with these questions, 16. Right? There's 16. Uh, uh, oh. 16 questions. Let our guest pick. Um, no, what? From 1 to 17? One, 17. 1 through 16. 17. Okay. We'll make 17 up. <laughs> <laughs> no, have you ever, Eddie, have you ever like it? <laughs> uh, all right. This is so a Kentucky question. Have you ever gone cow tipping? Cow tipping? He's like, I, I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> do you even have do, do you have cows in New York? <laughs> yeah, they're not alive, dog. They're, <laughs> they're they're cut up on my plate. <laughs> I, I have pushed a cow, but it was dead and, and, and skinned. That's so, crazy. Does that count? Uh, yeah. Well, wins. Next we'll question. Eddie wins. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, you ever been cow tipping? I have. I have. It was a horrible idea. Yeah. It was. Kicked in the balls. They <laughs> don't really sleep like they say they do. So. Yeah. I tried once, but um, I couldn't get I couldn't get close enough to them. They don't like yeah. me, apparently. Not a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like 6'4". You're like 6'4", six six four, four. 205 pounds of muscle. I'm running the hell away. All right. Give me another one. Another question. Uh, six. Come on, kryptonite. Uh... <laughs> Do you like to sing in the shower? This is God. Oh, I sing in the shower. I sing everywhere. So let me ask you: Do you sing in the shower? Why do we got to limit to the shower? What the hell? Exactly. I sing in the shower. I sing in the toilet. You had to see me actually on one of my first tries. I um, I sang the entire swim. Did you really? What oh you yeah. Sing? Oh, it went. Did it go by pretty quick too? Oh, yo ho, blow your man down. I, I just song <laughs> like that. I tell you. I, I when I first started off, I wasn't in the pool or anything, so I was just awful. And uh, and I think it was a um, 
a one a half mile swim. No, one mile swim. So uh, I did the first half mile and I got exhausted and I was just on my back and wave after wave kept passing me. And my wife's on the on the on the shore with my daughter looking out and she's she's right next to the the uh, lifeguards and they said, oh yeah, we got one. We're taking them out. You know, we got another injury. And she's nervous because all every I started in the first wave and every other wave passed me, and then the para athletes passed me, and here I come, coming out of the water waving, hi, hey, how you doing? You know, she she thought I was dead. Oh, but wow. I sang the entire the entire <laughs> way. So yeah, I do swing That's in the shower awesome. in the yeah. pool. I do not. I don't sing in the shower. I sing other random times, but not in the shower. Yeah, I'm a I'm a shower singer. Absolutely. All right, give me. Ball. I will say, do what. Sing the Wrecking Ball, right? I could see you singing the Wrecking yeah, Ball. Yeah, yeah. He actually, he actually reenacts a music video. For those who haven't seen it, go if you haven't seen it, it's out actually out there already. Yeah. Just, just imagine Craig <laughs> singing that in the shower. Can we get a snippet of that right now? <laughs> that would be. That, <laughs> I would run off the rendition. listeners with the picture would kill the listeners, and they don't even get to see it. <laughs> I'll, uh, all all right. six listeners. All right, one more. Give me one more. Um, uh, um, twelve teen. Uh, we're making up words, aren't we? What do Eddie you think? What, what do you think? That, yeah. What do you think is the most useless class in high school? Oh, oh man, how about that one. Well, I went. I'm New York City high school, so we didn't do home ec okay. or uh, or um, gym really. I mean, uh, useless class in high school. Uh, I don't know. Like, what you guys do? Like, how yeah, to reload your Tommy gun? Exactly. You know, you go to New York City Public <laughs> School, you learn how to shoot. <laughs> I actually went to a business high school where we learned how to uh, type and do shorthand, like actual oh, written wow. shorthand. But the, Which is oh, probably man. the most useful class nowadays. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I didn't really go to those classes, so I wouldn't know. Um, geez, that's uh, – I really liked English, and, and math was, was okay. I, I took okay. I took a dancing class in gym because you, you got to pick whatever classes. It was almost like college, and uh, if you waited too long to pick your class, you wound up getting the bottom of the barrel. And I took line dancing. Oh wow! Holy shit! That's How right there with the cow tipping question, Eddie. Yeah, I had line dancing. Wow! In New, line dancing in New York. And, yeah. Wow. Yeah, was, uh, Murray Bertram High School, and uh, if. Uh, they, they paired everybody up, and if there were extra guys, you had one of the guys had to wear a uh, a vest symbolizing that he was the uh, the leader, and the other guy was a female. So you had to get there early so that you wouldn't, you know, dance with the other guys. And guys don't know how to lead or, or follow. So right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. It's nothing about dancing with the guy; it's just the fact that you couldn't follow. Line, line dancing class in New York. I would dare to say, I mean, you guys should be more like in a. Um, I don't know, like an Italian class on how to make pizza or something, right? Uh, oh, that's, that's just like airiest. <laughs> airiest. Uh, that's awesome. I took the gun Jeremy, question. I, no, no. Jeremy, what's yours? <laughs> well, based on my history, I didn't spend a lot of time in high school uh, as I decided to uh, steal some of my parents' wine and get uh, expelled my freshman year, which is a story most people don't know. I uh, joined the military at 17, so, right, shout out. So um, I really didn't have a high school year. Uh, I didn't I didn't really spend any time. In, I mean, I went to a, a private uh, for six months and then I joined right. the military. So yeah. I, don't, I don't really have an answer for that. I got my head stuck in a toilet with a bunch of turds for my 18th birthday in basic training. That's about 
That was my, I guess that was the, the most useless thing I learned uh, well, in my high school And year. you still smell like that. So <laughs> nothing, real, nothing really changed. Yeah, yeah nothing changes. Uh, for Great. me, uh, British lit, because I never was in there. And I seemed to be okay. We had to take British lit. Yeah, I think I think it was a junior year. I didn't go. I didn't yeah. do well. And I seemed to be okay. So apparently it's pretty oh, worthless. Now, now, Somebody's listening to, and probably really upset about that, but... Yeah, don't go to Britain though, because you would not be allowed. I'm sure. Oh no, no, they wouldn't. They would no. be very upset at you. Yeah, absolutely. But what's the reason? What's the reason to go to Britain anyway? I mean, come on, let's be honest here, right? Everybody <laughs> wants to come here, apparently. ITU races. <laughs> uh, over those. Uh, <laughs> awesome, Eddie. We've loved it, brother. Have yeah, thanks so much. We we really appreciate it. And be uh, sure that uh, we need to we need to increase our listener base from six. So if you have anybody you know, you know, have them listen in. We'd love them to submit questions as well. Uh, you know, anything like that. You guys want to get together at the firehouse and send us a, a, a quick video saying hey with a couple of questions or yep. a middle finger, or whatever. And you Ed, slide down the pole yep. your spandex, you know. Yeah, we'll post it. We'll post it. And Eddie's proof, if you email us, have a conversation with us, you're next. Come hang out. You'll be up here. But anyway, yeah. thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can get a hold of us, performance on demand podcast at gmail.com and also performance on demand.net. You can also reach Jeremy at mindrightmultisport.com. You can reach me at u-discover.com. And one more time, Eddie, you want to let us know how they can get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, you can find us at uh, the FD- www.fdnytri.com. Awesome. Or at the Facebook page, FDNY Triathlon Team. Please go out there and like them and uh, watch them. This is, this is pretty cool stuff. But uh, other than that, it's been good. Jeremy? We out. Take care. We'll talk to you later. All right. Peace. See ya.